Welcome to SEC Unfiltered, home of the best SEC content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry guys. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sports entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports. Pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of, they have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews as well. Guys, so many fans and listeners of SEC Unfiltered have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. Well, so again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from SEC Unfiltered sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Show Aaron Murray joins us once again. He is the president of the Players Lounge. He hosts the Snaps podcast daily on the Volume Sports. Also works with ESPN and Sirius XM as an analyst. And of course, he is a former Georgia Bulldog, played uh, quarterback for the Dogs, one of the best in SEC history. Again, our good friend 
Aaron Murray joining the show. Aaron, what's going on, my man? I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me as always. Um, you know, it, football discussion, especially college football, is now 365, man. So happy to jump on these shows in the offseason. Usually, usually we wouldn't have much to talk about this time of year. And uh, it seems like the football gods continue to bless us with, with topics to hit on. Aaron, before we dive into everything, again, like I mentioned, you're doing a lot. The Players' Lounge is incredible. I was checking out you guys' website just before this. Uh, the Snaps podcast you're hosting. Just let folks know what you're doing if you want to expand, obviously, on the Players' Lounge. and that's sort of your baby, if you will. And yeah. you guys do a great job with uh, former players, current players, what have you, with the content you're creating. So just let folks know exactly what you're doing and where they can find it. Yeah, I mean, the Players' Lounge has been been awesome. It's been a lot of fun to essentially give the student-athletes, now because of NIL, the opportunity to create content that is authentic to them, real discussions, whether it's on the field or off the field. So what we do at Georgia and Tennessee, and then now we're starting to expand to Clemson starting next week, um, is just essentially create create a, create a show for them. Um, a lot of these guys, yeah, they're good on a phone, an iPhone. They can do like 60-second clips, but – to sit down and actually have like a 30 minute show, 45 minute show, you know, things that you and I do take some planning. It takes preparation. It, it takes putting together a run of show and then clipping it out and getting on YouTube. There, there's a lot of things that go into it that these student athletes just don't have the time to do that. So what we do is we partner with these student athletes at these universities, uh, create shows around them. And then we handle all the logistics. We handle the pre pre-show production. We handle the camera crew. We handle the uh, post-show editing. And they just got to show up and have fun and be themselves. And it's really turned into some really fun conversations, uh, authentic conversations, some really cool behind the scenes um, access that our fans get when they go watch uh, the content at the Players Lounge. So we're excited to keep it going. Like I said, we're expanding to Clemson next week and hopefully more SEC schools be, you know, before next football season. Aaron, you mentioned the great players that you've brought on that platform, and you've had conversations with Carson Beck is one of those, and he had a fantastic season in 2023, right? This time last year, I think one of the big questions was, okay, how does Georgia, how do they move on from the Stetson Bennett era? Carson Beck takes over. We all knew he had the talent, but you know, it's still a, a tall task to replace a back-to-back -back national championship winning quarterback. And I think to say that Carson Beck was uh, filled that role quite nicely is an understatement, if you will. And I still think he was one of the probably the most underrated and undervalued quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. In 2023, I feel like he's probably going to be that way again in 2024. What did you take away from your conversations with him? And were you surprised in the slightest at the success he had this past year? No, I mean, for, for Georgia fans that have followed me through the past three or four years, they knew that I was pretty high on Carson from the first time I saw him. It was um, in a fall camp practice scrimmage in the stadium uh, like four years ago. Uh, it was with JT was was there and, and a couple other guys. I think Dwan Mathis was there at the time too. But anyways, like I saw Carson throw the football. I was like, who is this kid? Like he just he looked smooth. And for a young kid, he already looked like he had commit good command of the offense, the way that he was able to get through his progressions. Like, man, this kid's special. And you know, I kept harping on it over and over and over again um for like three years. I'm like, man, this guy, when he gets his chance, he's gonna be he's gonna be special. And it, it kept being delayed and delayed and delayed. And I started getting a little bit worried. Like, am I wrong? Is he just a practice player? Is he, you know, what we call like a BP hitter. You know, guys can go up there in baseball and hit, you know, hit a million home runs in BP. You put them up to play, they can't hit the, they can't hit a curve. Like, is that the type of player he is? Like, what's going on? Why is he not translating? Because he's got the size, he's got the IQ, he's got the ability to, to, to make all the passes you want. Why is he not on the football field? And then finally, bam, 
he got his opportunity last year and and I'm with you man. I thought he played great you know was it perfect um no but I thought it was pretty darn near close to a first year quarterback what he was able to do of taking care of the football getting through his reads uh not being greedy uh and at times he was probably a little you know, could have been a little bit more greedy when it comes to you know throwing the football down the field but he was smart with it he said hey I got a great defense. I got a great football team. Uh, if I just play within the system, we're going to be pretty darn good. And he did that. Now I think it's now year two, play within the system, but draw outside the lines a little bit. And I think if he can do that with, with the maturity that he gained through the first season, you're going to be talking about one of the best quarterbacks in the country next year. Aaron, you played the position at the highest level, obviously, for Georgia. And again, you weren't just an average quarterback. You're one of the best to play in the SEC. When you look at the quarterback play right now compared to when you played, do you think it's better? Do you think it's taken a step back? Is it about the same? I mean, again, I know you might have some biases because you play, but I, and you hear this in pro sports a lot. Guys will look back and say, these guys couldn't touch what we did. But like realistically, mm -hmm. again, you study the game, you know the game. Do you think the quarterback play, has it improved? Has it taken a step back because of the style of, of offense maybe? Or like when you look at the state of the quarterback position of the yeah. SEC, what are your takeaways? I think it's better. I mean, I think all these quarterbacks, I mean, it's not just the SEC, but it's, it's nationally. I mean, these kids, um, they have so much so much at their hands early on, from, from peewee football to high school football to all these, you know, private quarterback gurus that you can go work with. Like, I didn't I, – I think our my generation we started with a lot of these you know spread offenses like my 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 last few years of high school football we started playing and dabbling in that and 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 throwing the ball 30 35 times a game but these kids are doing these offenses in middle school. I mean I go out to the local you know like park to go watch like little little peewee football every now and then and and uh you'll see these kids doing like RPOs and little, throwing little bubbles and checking I'm like man these like I just got the line of scrimmage when I was in Pee Wee in like middle school and just we just played. Like, who is the fastest dude? Get in the football and let him run. And that was it. See ball, get ball. And now these guys are really, you know, these coaches are going to these coaches' clinics and then taking what they learn and bringing it back to the players. So uh it's amazing the the mental IQ of these players and then the the physical traits because they are working with these quarterback quote unquote gurus uh during the offseason, uh, has really prepared these guys to not only play but play early. And so, yeah, I would say like right now, quarterback play is is as good as I've seen it. And I know people are like, you know, I talked to my boy T-Bob yesterday about this on our snap show. He's like, oh, you know, is, is it going to be a weak draft class next season? And I don't think so. I think this I know this draft class this year is pretty darn special with Caleb and Drake and Jaden and uh, Penix and, you know, JJ. But like next year is going to be pretty darn good, too. I think there's a lot of good quarterbacks. I think there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the SEC, um, which should make for a really good year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Aaron, if you were to go back or to restart your college career right now, I'm sure you'd imagine you'd reset all your records with all that extra time to prepare, to study, to – because, I mean, again, like you mentioned, it's 24-7, 365 now. It wasn't Mm -hmm. quite that, say, 10 years ago. No, it it wasn't. Um, These kids – I mean, they're they're put on a lot more stress, I would say, in today's today's game than than compared to what it was a decade ago. Social media adds a lot of stress. you know, NIL for how great it is. There's, there's that stress component of it. I mean, for those, you know, who I'm sure there's a million people could myself with that, but I would have loved to be stressed over making half a million dollars, trust me. <laughs> but it does add that level of, Hey, I'm an 18 to 22 year old kid making X amount of dollars. People are treating me like a professional where I'm still, um, like I said, a, a college kid that's going to make mistakes both on and off the field. So I do think the, the, the stakes are higher. The pressure's higher. Uh, but that's what you that's what you sign up for. I mean, you're playing quarterback in the SEC. This is now and then two, you throw it to the fact that the SEC and the Big Ten are kind of on this new level now. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not just one of five conferences. You're truly you're one of now really four conferences. And really you are the biggest, you know, biggest fish in the in, in, in the ocean there, the biggest fish in the pond, uh, you and the Big Ten. So uh, I think all that together, you know, there's an expectation that especially at the Georgias and the LSUs and the Alabamas, the Texases, the Oklahomas, that you know, if you're a quarterback at that university, you better be pretty close to being a pro prospect early on, which is kind of scary. Aaron, you're as tied in with that Georgia fan base as anybody out there. And I think there was this respect. While there was a hatred, there was a respect for Nick Saban and what he had built at Alabama, and those matchups were always legendary. But make no mistake, Georgia had a Nick Saban problem. They had an Alabama problem when he was there. What's the mood of the fan base now that, you know, and, and, and I think most of us expect Kalen DeBoer will do well, but he's still not Nick Saban. And so, like, if this open the, opens the door for anybody, you have to think it's going to be the Georgia Bulldogs to take over at the top of the SEC and, and really kick the door down, right? Most of us feel like they were already there, but we saw last year in the SEC title game that just – for whatever reason, man, Nick Saban just always found a way, it seemed, to get it done. So, like, what's the mood around the Georgia fan base? And then I'll ask you your thoughts on Kalen DeBoer, Alabama, and just if you had to guess, what will they be? I mean, they're not going to win six national championships like Nick Saban did over the course of, what, 15 years or so. But, I mean, I don't know that it's fair to expect them to fall off a cliff either. I think that's really intriguing to find out what they're going to be in this new era, if you will. Yeah, and, and and the Georgia thing first, like there is a respect because people always ask me about the rivalry between Georgia and Alabama. And I was like, to me personally, like I never viewed it as a rivalry. I reviewed it as a a, a game um, somewhat respectful because I always feel like rivalries can get a little bit dirty. The punch and the jab and the 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 crap talk and all that off and on the field. Like I feel like that, that that that's what makes the rivalry special. I never felt like there was any hatred between Georgia and Alabama or Georgia fans and Alabama fans, and I could be completely naive in saying that but i always felt like there was a respect like we are the two big guys and you know king king of the mountains together a little bit you know alabama's one week georgia's the other week one season to the other season there was a respect for how the programs were run and the way in which they've been able to have success over the past decade um 
but yeah, to, to, to now look at it as, okay, uh, Kirby is one of what three coaches, current court coaches with a national championship. You know, the other two are, you know, just kind of not in a spot right now that I would say are competitive with Georgia and what they built. Uh, so Georgia fans are kind of sitting back saying like, we have the players, we have the resources, we have won multiple national championships for the past three years. We've been to multiple, multiple playoffs and, and other championship appearances. Why can't we make a run similar to what Nick Saban did for, for those 15, 20 years? And I don't know if there will ever be a run like that just because of the new landscape of college football. But if there is a team that could make a run like that, it, Kirby has situated himself now at the top of the mountain where he could make a run that is is maybe as close to what we'll see Nick Saban do as anyone. And then when it comes to Kalen DeBoer, I like the hire. I think he's a great coach. I mean, he's one everywhere he's been. Uh, when it comes to the blue chip ratio, which gets thrown around a lot when it comes to the preseason of how many four and five star guys are on your roster, like the percentage wise, they're still number three right now. You know, with all the departures, with all the guys going to the NFL, with all the guys in the transfer portal, Kalen DeBoer has the, I think the number, I believe it's the, the number three blue chip football team in America. They have more talent than anyone else in the country than, than I, I believe it's, you know, Georgia and Ohio State. So Kalen DeBoer, who's won everywhere he's been, won at Washington, is now given the best roster he's ever had. And you think that he's just going to just crap the bed? Like, are they going to win a championship next year? I, I don't think so. But they're not going to, like you alluded to, they're not going to fall off the, the, the mountain. I mean, I think this is a team that will be extremely competitive. I kind of have them like at a 9-3, and 10-2 mark, somewhere around there, which I think in year one may not be up to the standards of Alabama football, but I would think, I would think that would keep the trains on the track. You mentioned, Aaron, a new era of college football is upon us with no more divisions in the SEC, a 12-team playoff. Texas and Oklahoma now joining the league. What are you expecting from them? Uh, Texas, obviously, coming off that college football playoff appearance. Oklahoma with a double-digit win season. I thought it was really, really interesting, though, because I think the question is, like, who's going to be the hammer? Who's going to be the nail, right? Is it going to be mm -hmm. Texas and OU taking it to the SEC, or is the SEC going to kind of humble Texas and Oklahoma, or is it going to be somewhere in the middle? Uh, OU's over-under win total in Vegas, which is not the end-all, be-all, but six and a half, I think really goes to show you just how difficult – the league isn't what they're expecting. Meanwhile, Texas is at 10 and a half. But, I mean, what are you expecting for those two teams? Oklahoma won 10 games last year. Again, Texas went to the playoff. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. But in regards to how they compete in this league, what are you expecting from those programs? I mean, I'm high on Texas. I was high on Texas last year. I'm high on them this year. I, I really like Quinn. I think Quinn throws the ball with with – more anticipation than than I've seen from a lot of quarterbacks and at the, at the college ranks. I think he's very talented. Um, I think another year in the system, year three with Sark, uh, some of the pieces they were able to get in the offseason this year, what Sark's been able to build uh, in recruiting over the past three years. Like Texas is, Texas is more than ready to jump in right now into the SEC and compete and be a team that could compete for not only an SEC championship, but obviously a spot then in the playoffs. So I love Texas. I love where Texas is at. Texas is stamp officially back uh, as, as they get ready to go in their first season SEC. Oklahoma, I, I think there's a few question marks. You know, one is the offensive line and the mass departure from that 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 group this offseason. Um, you know, I know that that Arnold is going to be the guy and there was a big push to get, you know, Gabriel out of there. But man, Dylan Gabriel was so good last year. And I know it's really hard in this era of transfer portal of looking to the future while also, you know, trying to win right now. 
Um, huge get for Oregon. I think a, a big loss for next season, and I could be completely wrong with this, but you're going into the SEC with a revamped offensive line and a, and a brand-new quarterback. Um, and I think I still think there's a huge question mark about Venables. Like, how good of a coach is, is Brent Venables? You know, he took a massive stride in last year, which he should have because they have more talent than anyone else besides Texas in the Big 12. So if they are a six-win team, seven-win team this year, what does that say about him? And, and does Oklahoma then look to, you know, look for a new coach? But that's kind of where I have them. I mean, they have the harder of the two schedules between Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, definitely is, is harder for the for the Sooners. Um, I'm not anticipating a lot from them where I am anticipating Texas as a playoff team come come next season. Aaron, are you buying the Ole Miss hype? And if not, what do you need to see from the Rebels to buy him? No, I, I am. Um I really love what what Lane has been able to build uh, because it's not easy to build through the portal. I mean, you have to you have to essentially hit the reset button every offseason on your culture and you know how to teach those guys what it's like to be a part of our program. And it's easier to do that when you have guys that stay for three, four years, five years to just ingrain that in them. Then those guys are able to then teach it to the newcomers. Well, they they just have so much turnover where. It's, it's hard to do that, but Lane has found a way to master, hey, you come to, uh, to Ole Miss, and it takes a lot of research on his end to make sure he's getting the right type of player. You come to Ole Miss, this is how we this is how we do things. And he's proven that he can do that. And you look at his roster from Jackson Dart to, you know, Trey on the outside to, you know, the pieces they brought on the defense side of the football. Um, there's not a lot of questions. Obviously, you would have loved to see Juckin stay and not go to Ohio State. But I think that that all that, that that offense is going to be elite. I think Jackson Dart is going to be one of the better quarterbacks, not only in the SEC, but in the country next year. And then you throw on top of that what the defense could look like. And a, I would say fairly easier schedule compared to most of the SEC. Um, I think it's the same thing. Like they, they put all their chips in the middle of the pile for next season. And they said, we're going to be a playoff team. And I think they're more than capable of doing that. Aaron, Missouri was that other team last year that really surprised one double-digit games, beat Ohio State that you talked about in the uh, in mm-hmm. the Cotton Bowl. Won 11 games. They returned their quarterback. They returned arguably the most electric player on the outside at wide receiver and Luther Burden the third. Uh, thoughts on Eli Drinkwitz and the Tigers? I, I think, again, I don't know if it's because of the brand of Missouri or maybe some are there skeptics out there that think it maybe was a flash in the pan. And I think this is a big year for Mizzou to prove – that it wasn't just a one-off, they can sustain success. But y- your thoughts on what Eli Drinkwood says on the Missouri Tigers, it's crazy to think how much can change in a year. I think this time last year we were talking mm-hmm. about him and hot seat, and uh, now we come into a season, and maybe Mizzou is a real contender for the 12-team playoff. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been, it's last year you could, you could make the case that, like, last year was the exception. You look at previous seasons, and, and obviously there was kind of up and down, up and down. And even two years ago, I remember watching, obviously, all their games and – yeah, they they finished the season off six and seven. I had their bowl game uh, versus Wake Forest down in Tampa, and you go back and watch the season. You're like, man, there's like, and you could say this for about a lot of teams, but there were three or four games where Missouri could have changed their whole season uh, that year. I mean, the fumble versus Auburn in the end zone held the, the miss the mix essentially extra point from the three yard line. It was a mixed field goal that would have won the game. Then they fumble it versus Auburn. You know, that's a game that they should have won right there. The game versus Kentucky with the uh, roughing the punter, which they changed the rule the next season. I mean, there was a, a handful of plays like, man, this team could have been an eight-win team, you know, nine-win team. And then it wouldn't have been as crazy of a jump to that 10-win mark, 11-win mark 
that we saw this past year. So uh, I really like Eli. Uh, I think it was um, good and healthy for him to give up the play calling duties. I had a couple other games last year and had an opportunity to talk with him about that. Uh, I, I thought what what Brady Cook did fully healthy was really impressive this past season. You know, I'm just interested to see this year, does he take more of the running game on? Um, something that he was a little bit on and off last year. Don't think that he has to feel like he has to do it all as an offense. Um, but how much of a, of a runner is Brady Cook going to be? I think that's that's another part of the game that you could maybe see him expand on a little bit coming into next season. But um, I like Missouri. I may not be as high as on them as, as other teams uh, when it comes to kind of where team, people are projecting them in the top 10 heading into next season. I think there's a lot of questions on defense. I thought you lost one of the best defensive young minds in the game to, to LSU. Uh, and it's hard for me to feel like that's that's not going to hurt them at least a little bit heading into next season. So uh, like Brady, like Luther, um, you know, we'll see what they do to replace Cody Schrader back there at the running back position. But I do think I think Eli is an opportunity to, like you alluded to, uh, keep the momentum going in the right direction. But I just don't think that like, – realistically, we should be expecting another 10-11 win season from them. Aaron, you mentioned LSU, and when I think of them, I think of LSU, Tennessee, uh, some other middle-of-the-pack teams. Is there a team right now you think maybe not being talked about quite as much or a team that you expect or you wouldn't be surprised to see them ascend and surprise this season? Um, Year three, Brian Kelly, you would expect like, okay, this is the year where you make the move, but Man, they need some bodies on defense. I mean, they need some bodies. They need some bodies at defensive line. Um, we'll see what the defense defense looks like in general. I think the offense will be good. You know, I think Garrett Nussmeyer is a very talented quarterback. Obviously, you lose the Heisman winning quarterback. So, like, you're, you're losing a Heisman winning quarterback. You're losing probably two first-round receivers. I think the offense takes a slight step back. Hopefully, the defense takes a, a, a giant leap forward. But that's TBD, especially – you know, as they kind of figure out what that front seven looks like. Um, I don't have huge expectations for LSU. I think LSU is an eight, nine win team next year. Again, I think Brian Kelly's still building. I think he's in the right spot. Um, they got to figure out the defense and, and maybe they get some guy, more guys in the portal in the second go around to, to build some depth at that position. But, you know, you, you got a quarterback that's played a decent amount. You feel good about that. I would say you're probably gonna have one of the more talented offensive lines in the SEC. Um, and you're going to have some talent at the receiving position as well. So offense will be you know, top three, top four. Uh, we'll just see what that defense can can improve on. But like I said, eight, nine wins is kind of my expectations. The other team you brought up, Tennessee, I'm I'm very bullish on Tennessee. And, and call me crazy. Uh, my boy T-Bob keeps saying I'm crazy. But, man, I was really impressed with Nico uh, in the bowl game. You see what they're bringing back on both sides of the football. Defense that got better last year. I think Tennessee's a team that could be contending for a playoff spot. Aaron, last thing, and I'll get you out of here because you mentioned Nico. We ran this poll the other day on social media of which first-year starter at the quarterback position deserves the most hype going into 2024. You mentioned Nico, Taylor Green at Arkansas, is another one, Lenora Sellers at South Carolina. I would throw Garrett Nussmeyer in there because I think of him as a first-year starter mm -hmm. at LSU. Brock Vandergriff, right, former Georgia boy over at Kentucky, Blake Shapin at Mississippi State. There may be some others, and I'm Diego Pavia over at Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. Of that list, and then the SEC of the first-year starters, who's the guy or maybe a couple names that you feel like should be getting a lot of hype coming in, and you're expecting them to maybe while they're at the bottom of some quarterback rankings right now because 
just sheer lack of experience, you think they're going to mm-hmm. take the league by storm? I think Nico's definitely one. Uh, I mean, good size. Hopefully he puts some 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 weight on this offseason and starts chugging those protein shakes. But, man, he was smooth. He looked really impressive versus Iowa in the bowl game. He was the number one ranked quarterback in his class for a reason, and we got to see what that that was all about in, in, in that game uh, versus the Hawkeyes. So I really like Nico. Uh, you see what they brought back on offense, the offensive line, some of the receivers. I think Tennessee's in a really good spot, like I said, to, to be a team that can contend. Um you know, Garrett, he's played a lot of football. We've seen him from hell from two years ago when he played against Georgia. I know his mop-up duty in the SEC championship game with a talent around him. The fact that he's been in the offense, I know it's a new OC, but they brought that the OCs from within, within house. He's going to be just perfectly fine to take that that step forward. Um, so I really like those two. I would say like those two are the ones I'm keeping my eye on the most. You know, I'm interested to see what Brock looks like. Obviously a guy that I've I've – somewhat covered a decent amount since he's, he's right up the street for me at Georgia, a uh, big kid, athletic, hard worker, great leader. Um, can he get that Kentucky offense moving in the right direction? I'll be, I'll be keeping my eye on him, but if there's two guys that I think could just absolutely uh, explode and propel their offenses to, to top five in the sec it would be Nico and Garrett. Aaron, you and T-Bob do a great job on snaps. What's your favorite moments on the snaps podcast with him? I know you guys have a lot of good laughs on that show. Oh, man. Uh, a lot of it's R-rated, so uh, <laughs> which I have learned that on YouTube, I guess you could be a little bit uh, loose of lip at times. Um, no, we, we keep it fun. We keep it entertaining. We feel like we're a good mixture of, of obviously two guys that played college football at a high level, had a lot of success. T-Bob played center for, for LSU. Obviously, I played quarterback for Georgia for four years. So we know the game really well, so we can speak to the X's and O's. But uh, T-Bob just brings a very fun dynamic to it where uh, you never know what you're going to get from him. So um, I feel like we need like a bloopers reel of, of the past two years of some of the things that were said on the show that I never knew that I would be talking about that during a college football show, but somehow it, it gets brought up. Aaron Murray of the Players Lounge, the Snaps Podcast, ESPN, Sirius XM, former Georgia quarterback. Aaron, always a pleasure, man. I appreciate you taking the time. We'll definitely do it again soon. Yeah, thank you.